Radio TFS, episode number 72. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Well, Greg, the last episode of the year. Yeah, we made it's been it a good through. year. Mhm, it has indeed. Now, uh, well, you know, unlike other podcast networks, we won't bore you with repeats or uh, or that sort of thing. But uh, you know, it would be cool to I don't know, it was, it's, it's been a busy year. What's um yeah, what's been the biggest thing for you over the past year? You know, it's been for me it's just been a crazy year, but I'm interested for you first of all what's the uh, the, announcement, the biggest thing in 2013? Yeah, the announcement and release of the 2013 cycle of stuff. I think that okay. was one of the biggest surprises and unexpected things. You know, we just weren't expecting that when that got announced at TechEd and then, you know, released so quickly. Wow, was it only TechEd when we announced we were actually going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, cuz it was after build. And then it was at TechEd when the big announce of that came out. So yeah, or TechEd was before Build, I think, and then it was announced or whatever. But yeah. I'm just looking at my calendar now to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was it. that was the big thing, um, at least in my eyes uh, for 2013. Yeah. And how have you? How have you? Are you using 2013? I'm using Visual Studio 2013. Absolutely. How are you finding it? Pretty good. There is. I really dislike going back to 2012. Um, That's always a good sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking now seriously at upgrading our TFS to 2013. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about that here in the sh- in the show, which is exactly why I'm highlighting those posts because I'm going to, you know, steal their processes. I've already got the guide and been going through that. So yeah, looking at doing that um, internally at the team. Our team is growing, and then we're looking at to use TFS more you know, to help us. How, how many people have moved on to 2013 in clients <gasps> percentage? You don't have to reveal the size of your your development org. <laughs> well, most of the developers, I don't mind them. Our team's gotten really big. We're like 10 people now. Wow. Just because we merged from another group. We had like an engineering and a development group. And that not well, it was an IT engineering. It was like just weird. So anyway, we merged those two together and we've added a couple of people just this week. So they're getting pretty big now. A lot of them, I would say about half of our are on 2013. As a matter of fact, one guy beat me to it. It's like, wow, man, you're, you're bleeding edge. Um, yeah. Wow, that's actually a pretty impressive. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say though, as long as um, it's, as long as you can fit your team on a bus, you're doing okay. And a bus is 50 people. Mm-hmm. So as long as you fit your team on a bus, then it's manageable. And then there's um. Once it gets up to um, 150, it's uh, there was a British anthropologist, uh, Robert uh, Robin Robin Dunbar. That's his name. The Dunbar's number. Have you heard about this? No. So um, he did some research that um, social group sizes are uh, a stable social group size is about 150, Um, and so you know that's like the maximum size that you can get up to, or or a group size where you can we can know people and have influence on that community. So um, yeah, it's when you get a team. Once you get a team bigger than uh, 150, it's like, right, we need to split this org up, you know, and, and give control sort of thing because you can't know and be aware of what more than 150 people are doing. That, it's often one of those sizes as well in a, in a startup's life. Um, when you get between 30, so when you get bigger than a bus mm-hmm. between 30 and 50, you always get, you always get trouble in my experience. Um, and then around about the magic 150 number as well, you always, you, you know, you always get growing pains at that point. And then once you get above 150, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to change much after that. <laughs> 
it, it really doesn't. I think maybe a thousand's another one of those numbers. I don't know, but yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah. As long as as long as your team can still fit on a bus, you'll be all right. Yep. The day when they get bigger than the bus, that's the day when you need to think start going. Oh, I don't know Martin if I've ever right. been in a dev shop that had that many. Maybe at one point in my life, we we had a group that had grown that a dev group. Now, obviously, I've been in companies yeah. bigger than that, but. uh yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That is funny because when I, I know I am, um, this is tangential here from the 2013 topic. Well, yeah, well, I haven't. Uh, it was the team prize, and you know, working with Source Gear was the first time I'd ever worked in a place where there were less than you know less than that when when it wasn't a huge developer shop mm-hmm. when it wasn't a massive number of developers in the org and that it was a you know a small proper a proper small company <laughs> that I was actually working in but I've always worked in I think you're always most successful this is again it goes back to like the Dunbar number and social group sizes and things but you're always most successful if you can carve out a little group where you're you know an independent group within a larger group mm-hmm. kind of thing and have a sense of autonomy and purpose and all that good stuff, you know. And because, uh, as we know, software is a creative endeavor, not a not a mechanical <laughs> endeavor. Well, so. yeah. I mean, so yeah, twenty thirty. God, it has been busier yeah. for me. Um, obviously, the. I mean, I know we talk about it like nearly. We talk about it every episode. So, but uh, the Git thing was a big thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. it, um, I, I'm over in Redmond in uh, January, and I was thinking back to the ALM summit, which was uh, January sort of 28th to 31st, I think. And um, just thinking back to then, and that was when we announced the Git stuff. We'd been working on it for a while by that point. Um, I, I can remember the day, the day, the exact point where. I'd made the decision that we were going to, you know, in my mind that we were going to do Git, and you know, and then it, I, I remember exactly where I was when I had that, when I had that, you know, epiphany. Right. But the, um, but it was, it was, it was January, the end of January last year when we actually announced it. Wow. And um, really? yeah, yeah, God, yep, that's isn't that amazing? It, it really is. It? And, and we, and it was included in the box, in the box. <laughs> You know, by the end of it, well, we we switched it on in January, so we'd had it. We'd been running it internally for a little while, um, not that long actually, but you know, we'd been running it. Luckily, the a Git server doesn't actually have to do that much, so it's the the, the Git serving part's always been rock solid. We just added more and more functionality to uh, the, the the web access, you know, the the web version of source control, and making the server more and more reliable, more and more scalable. And it was really interesting. Going through that whole experience, I, I kept lots of notes in a, a diary format in a OneNote mm. about the whole, um, you know, the Git thing, the adventure. Because um, sounds like a book. I want to. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it was an article at one point, but I think it might well turn into a book now. But um, yeah, or well, it's it's at least a talk. You know what I mean? Right. It's at least a. It's at least a. Um, and not not my usual kind of talk, not a technical <laughs> talk, but a, you know, a, a telling tales and you know, because it was yeah, it was a fascinating um, time. And, and and going back and looking at it as well, and the, there were a number of times where you know we were like, hey, we're going to do this to a few different people, and what do you think, kind of thing. And every time, everybody was like, yep. That's cool. And we were like, wow, I thought the reaction was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that is I've, I've, one of the things that, you know, uh, this was done well. That okay. that was done Thank well. You. I'm not hearing, you know, we didn't. It, well, it reminds me of like when NA Framework first came out. Do you remember the hoopla and the roars and, the you know, everybody was hating that. And, you know, it, it, this is apples and oranges, but it's just it, it, it's 
just there and it just seems to be working and the community seems to be accepting it. You're not hearing the flames of the wars. It's just there. And, you know, that was just – and that's a sign I think that it was, it was done right. Oh, well, I, I – I, uh... Yeah, cool. I'm glad you feel it was done right. I mean, there's a thing I was key. Um, I was um, very keen that we stressed was that you know, trust me, centralized version control is not going away. You know what I mean? It really never is going away. And I keep harping back to this um, analogy I, I, I often do about you know when when I was getting my head around Git, it was um, I had to we I had to rewire my brain and. I haven't had to re- re-rire, blah, 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 re-rire my brain like that. Re-rire, I can't even say it now. It's late here where I am. I um, I couldn't. I, I hadn't had to do that since um, when I was a lot younger, when uh, I, I went from like, programming on the mainframe to doing object-oriented programming in Java. Right. And um, uh, you don't think of young people programming on the mainframe, do you? <laughs> there we go. I was. Because I, when I went into my, when I became a perfect, you know, when I was actually paid to program, I'm just doing it for, for fun. Um, it was around the time when all the big companies were like trying to hire people to fix their mainframes because the year 2000 oh, yeah. was coming. And so, and and in uh, British Airways, where I went as a graduate programmer, because um, the airline reservation systems uh, work 11 months in advance, mm-hmm. so they. Ha- that, this is why no aero- This is why we, we knew that no aeroplanes were going to fall out of the sky. Because actually, for us, the deadline wasn't wasn't 2000. It was you know it was January in uh, 1999 was the dead. You know no yeah that's right yeah because yeah. we we knew we had 11 months because you know and that's when 2000 dates would start appearing on the systems kind of thing. So so I was fixing mainframes and stuff, and then around about 2000s, moving over into the Java world and the object orientated world, and I was like, wow yeah this is you know I had to re- rewire my brain then and same thing for the git stuff and but just like you have to re, you know just like oh object oriented is fairly uh you know fairly common nowadays and it's lots of people doing it lots of lots of different versions of it it's still by far not the dominant if you're looking at the c code that's still out there if you look at all the you know you can argue like a lot of the php code that gets written isn't written you know in an object orientated way or a lot of the javascript code that's written even though you can write javascript in a kind of objecty way it really isn't you know a lot of it that gets written so yeah it's um yeah it's been fascinating so uh, yeah, the main thing was me was to make sure we make sure we keep on developing the team foundation version control side in, in parallel with the Git side. And we show that, you know, it's features in both. It's, it's one product. It just has two different flavors of version control. Well, three different flavors, really, if you count check in, check out, you know, if you count uh, local workspaces and server workspaces and then, um, and then, and then distributed version control. So, yeah, I know it was, it was huge. And we went all the way from announcing it in January, shipping the first versions to, you know, having it, uh, getting people using it and, and yeah, and, and and it's funny now going out and having conversations with people now, it's actually out there and the kind of, it's just a different kind of conversation that we're having because it is in there, you know, right. so um, from obviously cross platforms like my, you know, my passion and um, those conversations are just completely different now because the Java guys, you're always, you know, you're always trying to convince them that, hey, you know, we do have first class support for TFVC, but they were, you know, it was always a, it was always a job to convince them, uh, even though we do have great support for Java. Uh, it was always you always had to actually 
convince them. And then if they had, if you ran into complaints because they didn't want to go with this Microsoft thing, you would just run into, they'd just throw up a bunch of complaints, you know, even though they weren't maybe not overly valid. And uh, some of them are, obviously, but, you know, most of them weren't. And, and they're, often they're not. And then, um, and now with the Git stuff, it's like, you can use, or you can just use Git if you want. And like, huh? And then you, then you get into this whole other conversation where they don't believe you that it's Git. You know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Can we use some other Git server? Like, you know, can we use Atlassian Stash or something like that inside and then, and link it to TFS? I'm like, well, you can, because it's really, but, but like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Is there any features you're getting from this? No, 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 but we, it's, it's just Git. It's, Git's portable. That's, uh, that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of Git from a customer point of view is that you no longer have vendor locking. You know, this is why it's so, DVCS and Git was, is a disrupt, actually legitimate disruptive technology as defined in, um, you know, the, the innovator's dilemma. It's actually properly disruptive, um, because it doesn't do all the stuff that it's centralized version control does. It doesn't do all the stuff your customers are telling you they want to do, and yet you can see it getting adoption, you know, and you can see it solving the problem just in different ways. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, people trying to convince people that it is, it is just Git, just with lots of, you know, but just integrated and into TFS and with Active Directory control and permissions and audit logging and blah, 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 SQL back <laughs> So yeah, it's been it's been a good year. Uh, enjoyed the ride, and <clears throat> I was thinking the ride's coming to an end, but it's not at all. You know, it just seems to get bigger and bigger, and as we get bigger and bigger adoptions of Git, we seem to be getting more and more work in that area, and so we're hiring. You know, if people want to come help us on this journey, then we are. We are hiring. Drop me an email, and uh, and I'd love to get you. You know, talking to recruits and things because it's just busier and busier. It's it's really good. So. It wouldn't be an end of the year show if we didn't uh, have some predictions about uh, next yeah. year. So I'm going to I'm going to avoid doing predictions if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know why. I, I, it doesn't yeah, there's this insider trading thing in the news <laughs> right now. I think we'll just I'm going to skip that. But I'll let you make some predictions. Oh, so you'll I'll let me go all the way out on the limb all by myself? Okay, sounds good. My predictions will be that your prediction. Yeah, some of your predictions <laughs> will be right, and some of your predictions will be wrong. How about that? Damn, you are thinking. good. I, I can um, do some industry predictions, but but maybe not Microsoft ones. So, okay, go on. What do you think is going to happen next year? Gonna, think- we've got We've got build coming. Yep, we've got uh, build, and we'll um, have the sh- links in the show notes, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show, some tips on that. Okay. But um, I think this is actually going to be an interesting year. Even though 2013 had Windows 8.1 and .NET 4.5.1, you know, this year was the pause year. You know, it seems that... Pause year? It didn't feel like a pause year. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, huh? But it was not the infrastructure. The infrastructure, all the stuff that seemed to come out was built on the existing infrastructure. It wasn't like a 2008 or 2010 or 2012, you know, where there was a lot of good gunk put in. It was one of those, you know, .NET 3.5 kind of years where, you know, the it was great stuff, but it's built on the existing infrastructure. I think this year, uh, 2014... Mean, is what you're trying uh, to tell me. We did, we did what we should have done the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2014 is going to be, in, again, these are all wags, wild-ass guesses um, based off of what I'm reading, what I'm feeling, what I've been watching for a while. I'll get a few of these right. I'll get most of them wrong. But uh, in general, I think we are going to see the announcement, at least, of .NET 5. 
Um, I think we're going to see the announcement of C Sharp 6. And that one's, I think that's a pretty solid guess because Ahmad Torgerson just had at NDC talked about the future of C Sharp and C Sharp 6 and talking about some of the features that he's going to see in it. And then Lucian Wizlick, Wizchik, um, who's a great speaker. If you guys ever get a chance to, at one of the conferences, he's a great speaker. He talked about how these uh, future features would look in VB.net, which is again showing that both languages are alive and well. So I think we're going to see the next version of VB, maybe even get it in beta form this year. We're going to see the next version of C Sharp. And the timing of build, which is going to be in April 2nd through 4th, is pretty good, I think, for announcements of some of these things. Now, you know, build is put on by not by the development by by dev div but by the windows team so i don't know how much you know c sharp 6 uh you know vs 2014 things we might see there um but you know i, I think something some things are going to be announced you know they got to use those shows for the announcements i think we're going to see a lot more about windows 8.2 um and again hopefully they keep that on a yearly cadence I think we're going to see more of the coalescing of the operating systems. There's been some really wild rumors that Microsoft's going to drop Metro, and I think that's off. I think that's wrong. I don't <laughs> think they're going to do that. We drop, maybe drop the name Metro. How about yeah, that? Okay. Oh, that? Maybe, maybe what we'll do is come up – maybe Microsoft will come up the with a name. name for it. Yeah. God. Um, you know, modern UI, Windows. It's Windows. Apps, That's what the name is great. Yeah. Uh, we well, can't call them Windows because they're not really Windows. But anyway. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the name is. It's Windows. <laughs> Um, so I, I think we're going to see that um, they're not going. I'm not hearing anything cloudy from you. You don't think that you know well, about the cloud? That's actually going to be. I'm that the momentum seems to be really building up, really seriously building up the Azure momentum, um, Amazon momentum. Everybody is is going there and pushing hard. I think that's going to continue. Um, I. I Wonder if we're not going to see a resurgence of the desktop, or not necessarily the desktop, but of local computing power. You know, with um, need to coin a good term with a tablet, not a convertible, but a tablet tab book, tab book, like a tablet notebook. Uh, like a Surface, you mean? Uh, yeah, kind of like, basically like a Surface. Yeah, where you had that local power. Um, and then you can leverage that and you have the local graphic rendering and all that good kind of crud, uh, some local storage so you can be portable and you can deal with the transient uh, connection. But I'm still, you know, it's, the cloud is hard to talk about because it's just going to be just there. You know, it's mm. like air. <laughs> it, it, you're not going to be able to escape it. It's going to be everywhere. Um, we're going to see a lot of exciting stuff with the Connect uh, V2, uh, Xbox One development. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a little, I don't know. Unity is going to get a big bump. Uh, mm. Xbox One development comes up because it looks like Xbox One development is either going to be in a framework like Unity or you're doing C++ and DirectX stuff. There's no – doesn't look like there's going to be a replacement for XNA, which kind of makes me sad. And that's the things that are coming to mind. So we're going to see next versions of languages announced uh, we're going to see uh, .NET 5 announced. We're going to see – I don't know if we're going to see another Visual Studio announced because that might be a little bit <laughs> – maybe a VS 2013 R2 or, 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 or you know. 
But then again, I predict we'll have updates to Visual Studio announced. How about that? <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, there are updates to uh, Visual Studio Online. Oh, <laughs> oh no, oh, yeah, I predict we'll definitely have one of those roughly every three weeks. But no, the um, no, yeah, de- de- I think the updates to Visual Studio. Um, it's interesting when when we decide to. Um, when we decide to class something as a major version update versus uh, versus you know just shipping out the features in a in a release, it is an interesting one that I have actually no insight into. You know because it's kind of you know the the the, um, the the functionality we're just trying to get out there as quickly as we can. You know and it's, it doesn't really putting it which which marketing release it goes into if you like isn't really uh, isn't really a question of the development teams it's kind of like let's just get this when's this going to get out when's this going to get done we need to get it out as quickly as we can to get people using it so um, no I just I'm liking this continual delivery that we've been doing over 2013 2013 was the year of continual delivery I think and um, 2014 yeah it's going to be interesting it's going to be a fun year we're, definitely we're going to definitely see the rise of Roslyn the compiler mm. as a service as a service uh, uh, blog post was just made about that last week or this week this week uh, about how they've turned the switch on that that internally it's now being used it's it's you know it's still a ctp the ctp is actually getting old um if you're using rosalind out there which again is the compiler as a service for vb and c sharp um the license is going to expire to the end of the year but they've just released on microsoft download you know the the, the legal eagles have gotten together and they've extended the license for that so who knows when we're going to see the next ctp of Roslyn, but I think that's that's going to be the year, the rise of the you know compiler as a service. There you go. That's mm. my big prediction. Mm. Mm, see, <laughs> cool. Hey, well, let's talk, speaking about updates. We'll probably get back to the the news roundup. The um, uh, we did um, we did some updates that didn't go um, amazingly smoothly uh, recently, uh, to say so at least. It's been pretty. It's been a an interesting time. Which probably yeah, maybe we should have a show about that sometime because it was. Um, some of the some of the limits we were knocking, you know, the, the service is getting so big and growing so fast that you know we start you start to hit like operate, you know, physical limits <laughs> in, in data centers and and operating system limits and things. It's start it's getting really interesting. But uh, yeah, so we, we you know we've we had a we had a tough spell there. I think we're over the worst of it now. Um, we're Definitely keeping things stable over the holiday period. So, um, you know, once any major features being switched on until, you know, until into the new year, it's not like we all take the, unfortunately, we don't all take the, 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 the holiday period off. You know, we're all, we have an on-call rotor and all, but it's interesting, all the developers, you know, there is a proper on-call system and things because part of this service, this service future is we actually, you know, the developers who build the stuff actually support the stuff as well. So, um, yeah, so we're all on call in, in over, over Christmas, hopefully not too often. And then, um, yeah, kick off in the new year and see what we can get out the door. But Brian's did a blog post about the last update and, um, you know, talking about not, not just the update, but, um, delving in a bit more into, you know, some of the changes we're doing in how we're deploying things. What, because we've had some stability issues, so that make sure we haven't, you know, we, we impact the least number of people whenever we can. It's actually quite interesting watching, um, 
watching the waves of traffic follow the sun around <laughs> the service. And uh, we get a big, I mean, it kind of shows, so Brian has a, uh, put a link in, Brian has a, a blog post up about what are the off times. Mm-hmm. And um, you see a blog post and you can see a couple of little peaks where and you can see Europe coming online and then you can see North America coming online and you can, you know, see sort of, you know, it's, it's interesting when you see the different continents coming back online again. You can actually see in the graph um, where the oceans are in the world. <laughs> it, it, it's fascinating. <laughs> Uh, and um, we definitely um, we definitely see see that, and it's, you can also see because the service is really big in Russia, and um, you see you see like a big peak, you know, when the Russian people all light up, and we actually have the maps, you know, of IP GOIP stuff coming in, and you can, you can see them. It, it, it's really fascinating. We should have a, we should do a um, like a time lapse, you know, of that sometime. That'd be quite cool to watch yeah, as people check in and and see how people slack off on a Friday. <laughs> It's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, no, so it's interesting to, to watch that. And it's also interesting to, to compare that with the graph of activity of internal servers, mm-hmm. which is a lot more North America biased, but, but um, interestingly, not as much as you would think because people like developers in Microsoft just work crazy hours and, you know, are really um, active. And so the day tends to get stretched into late nights sort of thing. And, uh, and there's... You know, when we have like indie development centers and, you know, we have developers out in China and all around Europe and stuff. So it's actually a flatter graph than uh, than the service, which is bizarre. But there we go. Anyway, so that's that post. Um, and yeah, how about you? Yeah, um, speaking you of upgrades. Upgrade. Yep. Speaking yeah. of upgrades, the, the TFS setup team just did a post about upgrading from uh, TFS 2012 to 2013, including the reporting in the SharePoint server. And this approach is a little bit different because they're talking about doing it on a new machine as opposed to an in place. Um, I, I'm going to do when i do mine it's going to be in place I, I can't get the approval to get another box to put it on or anything like that so i'll do an in place upgrade which is supported as well uh, but this post goes into very good details lots of screenshots lots of details it's many pages of you know here's how you do it here's the prerequisites make sure you have these these things like you know all the ids you know the ids and passwords and um the accounts are set up appropriately and all that good kind of stuff so that's this is a good post if you're looking if you're on 2012 and you're looking to upgrade to 2013 and you're using the reporting and the sharepoint capabilities um and you're looking to you know do it on another box so you know keeping your old stuff safe this is a post this is definitely a must read post cool um, well, I probably should mention this when I was doing the Git one, but uh, <laughs> Philip Hayden had a had a talking. Did I mention Git yet in this show? Yeah. Well, you know what? You can't talk enough about Git. So yeah, apparently not. <laughs> um, so uh, Philip Hayden did a good blog post actually on. Um, the Git support and how it was actually surprisingly quite cool. Uh, one of the things I've now, you know, I've been using Git for a while now, so I'm competent in the, I'm, I'm, I'm just competent enough to be dangerous in the command line. You know, I'm, I'm, I can handle the Git command line fairly well. And for me, typing Git push origin master is like water. You know what I mean? I don't even notice that. And uh, so that's just fine, you know, and Git add and Git commit, that's all good. But um, I noticed, um, so I'm using Visual Studio 2013 um, on the Coplex codebase, mm-hmm. and um, and that's stored in Git on Coplex, <laughs> interestingly. But anyway, um, and I'm noting more and more I'm actually um, 
just using the Visual Studio tooling, you know, because it's just easier and quicker, uh, especially for like figuring out which files I want to commit in this particular commit and, you know, shaping my commit. Mm-hmm. And um, if I ever have to do a merge, I noticed I'd reached, um, I definitely, I reached some sort of uh, milestone, I guess, when um, I was doing some Java coding and I needed, was it Java or it might have been C code or something? It wasn't Visual Studio code anyway. And I wasn't in Visual Studio ID. I was merging something or other. And um, I got a merge conflict come up when I did a pull. And I was like, oh. And I was about, how it was? Oh. And then I fired up Visual Studio and did the merge in Visual Studio and then dropped back out of Visual Studio again. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually... Uh, that's a thing that, you know, I should write that date down in the history of Git. The day, you know, the day I was like, I can't be bothered doing the command lines of this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fire up VS to do the merge for me because I know it will be easier than, uh, than doing it from the command line, even though I already knew the commands. So yeah, it's good. And anyway, um, as uh, another way I might describe it, which is, you know, if I'm talking to a bunch of people about the Git stuff in TFS and the Git stuff in Visual Studio, look, it really doesn't suck because that's what they expected. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's your conference. That's the session title. Look, it, it doesn't is. suck. The, the Git integration. <laughs> it doesn't suck. Because that, it's honestly, that's, that's what they expect. And it's, it's actually quite useful. Oh, my word. And it's little things like when you're in the command line and you change your branch and then you go to Visual Studio and you're like, oh, wow, it, Visual Studio is already in that same branch. It didn't get confused. And, you know, when you can just swap between different Git in, uh, clients on the machine and it just all keeps itself in sync. It's little things like that are just magic. So anyway, yep, Git, rather than it doesn't suck, it's actually quite cool, according to Philip Hayden. Anyway, we're, we're, we're rattling on. It's going to be a long show this one sorry uh we should probably about that time of the show greg i think it is episode 72 of radio tfs is brought to you by sas made easy a leader in hosted tfs dedicated virtual service and tfs alm consulting why host your own stuff if you can just have them do it and that way you won't have to worry about any of the upgrades they can do that stuff for you so and they can give you consulting as well while they're doing it. That's right. Um, and you can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. Cool. And back to the show. So we're going to talk yeah. about one of my favorite tools. I love ah. this tool. This tool... If you well, are a, a complex, there we go. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, friend of the show, Mr. Holiday himself, who's a listener of the show, so Uh-oh. his his will be burning. Um, if you are an accidental or an intended TFS admin, if you're one of the people that people go to when somebody new is added to the team, or they're looking to change permissions, or you know, uh, um, add somebody to some of the permissions in TFS, you've got to use this tool. You don't want to do it via the website because you know there's multiple places where you have to set these. You have to set the permissions on the reporting server and the SharePoint server and in TFS, and you know it's not hard. It's gotten much easier, believe me, over the, than it used to be back in a billion years. Years ago, um, but this tool, the TFS administration tool, um, Grant Holiday is working on. I just released a 2.3, which is like t- I think the 2013 version. Um, this is the tool that you're going to want to use. It's one one app, one place to set the stuff. Just you know, get the tool, and it's open source. Like like Martin just said, it's on Codeplex, so you can actually look into the source and see how they do all that stuff, which is always kind of neat to do. So yeah. And it's not, um, Grant works on it, but also, um, Ladislau works on it as well. And, um, they are, they're the guys that, you know, 
if you want two guys that know TFS in the world, but no TFS administration in the world, these are the top two guys in the world. So, um, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely, uh, you know, respect what they do, along with Michael, you know, he worked on it a bit as well. So, yeah, definitely a good project on Coplex to go look at. Uh, and that's actually, um, we, you know, we'll, we'll obviously put the link in the show notes, but that's um, an easy one to remember. It's just tfsadmin.coplex.com. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Cool. There we go. Yeah, even I, I could even remember that one. That's amazing. There we go. Um, hey, so speaking of Coplex projects, um, Nico did a new release of the TFS collaboration uh, plugin um, to, to give uh, Skype integration. Um, into Visual Studio 2013. Do you know about these collaboration providers? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, okay. You, well, what's funny is that how many shows ago was I whining about when they talked about, oh, you know, 2013, the team member part's going to have link integration yeah. to it. I was saying, oh, okay. well, that's kind of lame. What about Skype? Well, here it is. And it shows, not only does it show the extensibility of that, um, but it adds that capability. Now, uh, you know, I, I have to ask about the whole com apocalypse coming from mm, Skype. Yeah. So, so if you don't, people don't know on the show, I mean, um, Skype did announce that they, their desktop API, Skype are doing a lot, you know, they're, they're investing heavily in the, uh, the Windows 8 client, the, the store version <laughs> of Skype. And um, the they announced that the desktop client, the desktop API, was going to go away, kind of thing, because it's you know not been getting invested in. But and then they've also then announced that hey, we're not going to be taking it away because it turns out lots of people are using it. This is definitely was using it um, and is using it. So uh, yeah, this would have been affected uh, if if it happened, and along with lots of other things, along with how we bring you the show, we use a plugin called uh, Pamela to actually record the show, and that wouldn't work either without it. So um, yeah, so luckily. They're trying to figure out what to do. They realise it's important, so we'll have something. I'm sure they're very, very, very smart guys over in, over in Skype. But the um, the good news is, is that, um, you get full integration with Skype if your team are in there. Um, you can make you know initiate a video call, send IM messages to your team, you know get the little status, little jelly beans and stuff. So it's great. And uh, I'm on the I'm one of the people on it. About the only thing I've ever done with this is I did a code review originally, and then this was back when I was an MVP. And I drew the logo. If you go to the TFS collab oh. site, that, that logo, I did that. That's me. So there you go. And in fact, you noticed the code comment bubble. I think I reused that code commenting stuff when we did the, the lightweight code commenting <laughs> in TFS. So I know how to do comment bubbles. That's about the only thing I'm, I'm good at. So I uh, know when Nico does all the work, he's, uh, he's an absolute legend of doing this and figuring it out. And uh, believe it or not, the API for, that it uses is actually um, Brian Harry wrote the API. So it's his fault. <laughs> uh, so yeah there we go but no Nico's been keeping up to date and does a great job and um, yeah good, good on him it's a, a great release um, uh, speaking of MVPs I guess uh, the, uh, Peter Geissens is an MVP over in Belgium and he did an excellent article um, on the Belgium um, blog uh, MSTN blog um, all about um the, the new evolution, he says, in, in uh, ALM and Team Foundation Server. So the, the, the thing was, it was a, a multi-part post, you know, delving in. It's almost like a little book in its own right, really, where he, on his own blog, where he goes through and talks all about, you know, what Team Foundation Server is and uh, the vision of it and, you know, how to do it, uh, how to sit it all together and how Visual Studio Online fits in this and all that sort of thing. So worth taking a look at if you want to go back through this post. He's had the, the original posts um, he did a while ago, um, some of the stuff, but uh, he's sort of, you know, updated it for TFS uh, 2013. 
Unity and, and Visual Studio Online and things. But uh, yeah, worth worth taking a look at, especially uh, part six, I think it is, where he talks about um, TFS twenty thirteen and the service as well with Visual Studio Online and kind of explains some of that sort of stuff. He even covers the application insights section, uh, which quite a lot of people have been interested in. So um, if you're going to read anything, we'll send you a link to the blog post. But we'll also, I'll put a link into part six. That's definitely the one um, if you're going to read any of it because it's quite a lot. I would read that one. Yeah, and he's actually packaged it all up as a PDF too. So if if you if the oh, one post so, yeah. yep. is what if, what you want, you want to throw that on your tablet or your your phone, then yeah, definitely want to read it. And it's it's a really nice history. Unfortunately, it only goes back to TFS twenty uh, two thousand and eight, but not two thousand five. Wow, yeah. Oh wait, let me see. Do you know what I put on my the other day? Well, I was I was uh, a couple of things. I uh, wore my Team Foundation Server twenty two thousand five All Stars shirt the other day. <gasps> That was a shirt we got. Um, if you did like a certain number of bug reports for the original 2005 release, you got one of these shirts, I think. So I, I wore that. And then I was opened um, a copy of The Buildmaster, mm-hmm. which is a book by uh, Vincent uh, Mariara. And it's an interesting build book. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like, it explains how the Windows Build Lab used to do builds or, you know, how, how they did builds uh, back in the day. Um, so it's it's an interesting read. I wouldn't say it's exactly how you should definitely do them nowadays, but um, it talks about, you know, a lot of the stuff you need to do. And um, when I opened it up to have a read about some stuff, because I, I was trying to remember something it said, um, I found a tattoo for Visual Studio Team System 2008 Team Foundation Service, so a TFS tattoo that I haven't, funnily enough, haven't used. So uh, that'll stay there in the book. I, I collect uh, stuff, crazy things the subs did with my logo. <laughs> <laughs> you get all sorts of like, you know, uh, of swag out in the, out when you go around to marketing events around the world. And it's interesting what's acceptable in different regions to stick a logo on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've got bottle openers and all and, and fly swatters and all sorts of different crazy things with the Visual Studio logo on and a tattoo. So there we go. Actually, and actually, I lied. He does talk about 2005 here, and as a matter of fact. Does he? Yep. Nah. Yep. In the earlier pages, in the part three that I just sent you a link on, you, mm-hmm. you should go to that link because there's a the bitmap right there. Well, uh, it's cause about the heterogeneous software. Oh, look at that! Talking about Team Prize. <laughs> there we go. Founded in 2006 in a division of Source Gear. Gosh, yeah. We actually know we. Oh, okay. So um, I started work for Team. Yeah, the, the Team Prize. This. Yeah, okay. We founded it in 2006. The company. That's fair enough. Well, probably. In fact, I should look behind me. I have the. I have the paperwork from the Queen when we founded the company, kicking around here somewhere. So because um, we have to register the company, you know, with the Queen in the UK and stuff. But yeah, it 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 was Source Gear originally, and it was before then. We we shipped. Ah, that's why. So we. Um, Team Foundation Server 2005 didn't ship with Visual Studio 2005. It shipped in April 2006. So there you go. So uh, so that's and then Team Prize stuff came. The the Team Prize release was shipped day and date with Team Foundation Server 2005, which was April 2006. <laughs> so there you go. Interesting stuff. Right, Harry. Sorry about that. Right. Gosh, this is going to be a long show. Let's crack on. Um. Da 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 da. Um. I got a few posts here. So uh, Rupesh Nair did a post about how to um, configure the, you know, the um, the release management stuff in, you know, in cycle. Right. Um, how to actually configure that um, so that Team Foundation Server can talk to release management and can, you know, can uh, can you're using build definitions that have come out of TFS and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll I'll send you a link to that post. 
And then if you want to modify your TFS 2013 build process templates, both the Git one and the TFVC one, to actually enable releasing from a build, then uh, Leo did a blog post, again, on the ALM blog, explaining how to to take the template and get it working. And it's a very easy change, which I would recommend. It's so easy, just copy-paste it. Open up your XAML in Notepad and do it that way rather than trying to use the GUI. You know, just open up an iPad, copy-paste the changes in, and off you go, and then you actually can put push stuff up to the release management. And then finally, now you've got a custom process template <laughs> and you know how to use release management to actually push this bits out the door. What you want to do now is make sure that all new projects use this process template, use, use this custom build template. And so uh, Dan Hellam actually has a blog post saying how to add um, the custom build template to all new team projects. And, and basically what you do is you, it's just like any process template customization. You download the process template, you add the um, the build process into your, um, the process template in the builds folder, and then you, you make sure it's listed and then you upload it. And then when you create new team projects, they have this build process template in there. If you want, you can actually configure, he doesn't cover, cover this in his blog post, but you can configure in that, um, uh, in the build configuration, you can configure which is the defaults and things like that. And you can also configure which is, which is registered as the upgrade template. So if you wanted to have, um, if you're, if you wanted your MS builds, based builds to be um, based off a different build process template to the one that's out of the box, you can also configure that as well. So there we go. Some top tips there when it comes to the process templates. Nice. Um, real quickly, I just want to call out the PublicSec MSDN uh, blog highlighted a couple posts from um, – who are they? Crosslake. Crosslake webcasts in 2014. Uh, three oh, free in- training. Yeah. Yeah, got yeah, to have some free yeah, training. Yeah. Unleashing the power of talking about – TFS build the very first session oh, January fourteenth. This is this is like we did it before. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about the power of TFS build, uh, build deploy test uh, using lab management. We haven't talked about lab management in a while. Uh, the TFS is more than just source, and then getting it done with Git and TFS. Oh. So somebody was trying to sell me on this title. I've heard, so uh, about get get it done. Apparently, it's some sort of. It's a thing in America. Get it done. He kept going on about that, and I, I didn't know what he was on about. Does it make <laughs> sense to you? It was Ed Blankenship. That's right, because he's from, he's from you know, s- somewhere in the southern part of the United States, and he was like, get it done. And I was just staring at him blankly. <laughs> You're in marketing because Ed's in marketing now. I'm like, Mark, you're in marketing seriously? I'm like, maybe that works in America. It doesn't work in Europe, dude. So yeah, there we go. I must be. Uh, I'm wondering who he had influence on that. Does that make sense to you? Get, yeah. get it. Done? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, yeah. Is it some? Is it some like thing no, is it on TV? Is it a cultural reference or something? Or? Not really. I mean, it's just I've, I don't know. Uh, get get. It's like Southern as much as anything. Ah, uh, okay. Of course, now okay. we have some Southern people, you know, hunt me down. But anyway. Oh, well, I love it. And it, the um, yeah, Git Happens is what I wanted right. the title to be. But there we go. That's a different thing. I wasn't allowed to have that as my title either. So there we go. <laughs> so, hey, well, last thing. Last so thing. Build's coming up, and you've been to like, – I've never been to Build. I never get to go to Build. Because normally they come to me and say, Martin, we want – you know, we need talks at this Build. Go, go like, bully people into talking um, at this conference. But when it comes to Build, for some reason – all the conference slots have disappeared in my management <laughs> chain before it even gets to me. And we don't get the free stuff at Build. Right? Yep. So, you know, it, yeah. So tell me about Build. How, how, how does this work and how do you get, how do you get to Build? Because getting a place at Build is really hard now. 
Right. Now, here's the, here's the trick. Um, and unfortunately, I'm kind of going to give it away, and it's probably going to screw it up for everybody else. But um, you guys, you listeners out there who will be interested in going here will get this tip. When the You can register for Build. Build is going to be April 2nd to the, to the 4th in um, the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Registration. Probably good we're not on April 1st. When I originally got the dates, it was April 1st to 4th, is what I'd heard of <laughs> yeah, weeks well, ago. I'll be I was like, wow, we're going to do major announcements so. on, on April Fool's Day. That's yeah. probably not the best thing in the world to do. Go on, April 2nd to 4th. April 2nd to 4th. Registration opens January. In the Moscone again, is it? Moscone, yep. Okay, cool. I like Moscone. And that, was, that was a nice venue last year. It was the same place that they had it last year. So Yeah, it's a great place you can go to breakfast around the corner from the Moscone, if I remember yep. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, registration opens January 14th, 2014 at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, here's the trick. They, when they will open the registration, I'm sure there's going to be an early bird. They're not showing that here on the website at buildwindows.com. But in the last three years, they had an early bird um, discount, save $500. That sells out extremely fast. So when you register at Build um, and, you, and you try to buy the ticket, in the past few years, there's been a um, – you, you put in your name and then they ask you for the survey stuff and they what do you do? What kind of people are on your team? Blah, 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 blah. They give you an opportunity to um, select a hotel and do all of that stuff and then you can buy the ticket. Unfortunately, mm. your place in that early bird special line, it's like only the first 500 people, um, your place – in that line is when you click the final purchase, not when you start the process. The tip is basically uh, you can do the survey and the hotel stuff after you buy the ticket. All mm. right. So you can leave that till later. Um, click through it as fast as you can till you can get to the purchase. Uh, that's how I got the early bird last year. But again, that will sell out really fast. Uh, the build itself, there were 6,000 people last year. Um, they build originally sold out in the first hour, then they added more mm -hmm. slots. Uh, hopefully this year there'll be enough slots that anybody interested or at least most of the people interested will be able to go up front. But again, I would not be surprised if build itself doesn't sell out initially very quickly. A lot of people want to go to these things and who knows what the giveaway is going to be. Well, my wild ass guess on the build giveaway is is a Nokia tablet, <laughs> Surface tablet. He, he said it was an Xbox, going to be an Xbox One last year. So I, I'm, I, I'm definitely not going to last year. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah. Oh yeah, we did, we probably hadn't announced the Xbox One back then. Or right. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. well yeah. Maybe, it's just, whatever. But um, yeah, I think this year it's going to be a Nokia Surface. I predict there are going to be no giveaways. How about that? That's my prediction. Oh, that, that would make people. That would. I don't know. You should be there for the giveaway. We should, you should be there for the learning, the excellent <laughs> learnings. And I'm being in San Francisco as well, of course. Cool. Um, so get, in, get straight through the process and then come back. And as we have nowadays, we have nearly a 1,000 downloads of each podcast So uh, within the first week. So everybody who's uh, on the show, um, if you all follow that trick, then there won't be any early birds left for Greg. So make sure you do. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I get Hey, well, it's the holiday season, so uh, yeah, I hope everybody, um, hope you have a good holiday, Greg, Yes. and uh, best wishes to the family and everything, and um, for everyone who's listened to us this year, um, thanks to Greg, it's been um, a much more regular show this year, and hopefully you've enjoyed the content again, which I take absolutely no credit for at all, it's all Greg's hard work, so uh, yeah, thanks very much for being with us for the show for the whole year, and look forward to, you know, 
two more years, as we said last week. Let's look look forward to another good uh, 2014. We're definitely going to have a lot to talk about over the next year anyway, so it should be good fun. We're probably going to do some interviews and things in 2014. So if you've got anything you actually want us to talk about, people you want us to interview, uh, you know, feedback for the show and how you might want us to change things up in 2014. Sounds like we're sticking with the same theme music, I'm afraid. But uh, if there's anything else you'd like want us to change, then then do drop us a line, radiotfs at outlook.com. Or you can also, um, if you're in the US, drop us a phone on the phone number, which I can never remember. That's 45. There we go. Because it's, uh, yeah, 45 Three seven nine. Okay, well that's it, Greg. Yep. Uh, we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Bye.